The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. Lisa Curry, book that's that's out now. Uh, she's got a, a book called Lisa, a memoir, 60 years of life, love and loss. Mm. There's been plenty written about it. Because yeah, I, I was young enough to remember, for me, Lisa, and I know the same, probably for you too, Lutzi, but mm. Lisa Curry and Grant Kenny, when they got together, that was the biggest deal uh, ever. You know, I was just a kid in Harvey Bay. It was like she was a superstar of yeah. swimming. We just hosted the Commonwealth Games, and Lisa was like the star of that. And Grant Kenny, meanwhile, was this Ironman who would win the junior Ironman title and the senior Ironman title. Did it on the same day, and he was like a real. He was on the back of every. Uh, well, he's, he's making cereal. cameos in movies. There's a famous movie, yeah. Cooling Out of Gold, famous yes. Australian movie, where he became the you know the the guy that the the fictitious brothers had to knock off in the in the movie. Yeah, he so was he, probably the biggest. Yeah, he was probably the biggest star back then. I reckon. Yeah, because he was on TV. Definitely. He was yeah. doing all the um, Kellogg's commercials with Nutrigrain, Iron yeah. Man food. Yes, remember Lisa wasn't doing those endorsement stuff. Yeah, he was the top dog. He he was the yeah. He, he was probably one of the, the yeah the most famous athletes in the country at the time. We've never had a sporting pairing like it again in Australia, have we? Or even a celebrity pairing? Not really. Maybe like, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban? No, but, but but these guys were two legitimate sports stars. Yeah. Like, uh, have, have we had that? No. Have, have we had a, like two top of their game sort of... Not really. I can think of it as Elise Perry and Matt Tamui, which is different, obviously, no, but it's, different, it's yeah, obviously yeah, two, not really. not, I think not two sports people get together. Anyway, yeah. my, um, I was reading about the, the very first time that they met. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Lisa said that uh, they met and uh, mm. she was poolside or something during the Commonwealth Games. Oh, that's right. She sort of saw Grant Kenny walk past and went, oh, God, he looks, you know, that's Grant <laughs> Kenny or whatever. But on the last night, they all got on the drink and uh, Lisa and Grant, Stayed until five o'clock in the morning at some pub out at Sunnybank. Sunnybank pub. <laughs> the Sunnybank. Is that pub. your local hood back yeah. in the day? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my local. And <laughs> never been there, but it's my local <laughs> yeah. pub. And 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 Lisa, the, you know, you can imagine the fireworks between the two of them. But what mm. amazes me is that Grant was there. He didn't drink for the whole night. Yeah. But at five o'clock in the morning, and Lisa said she was blind. She was blind. <laughs> Grant leaves her and said, I've got to go to training. And he drove to the Sunshine Coast and went training. <laughs> he, he hadn't slept, Lutzi, but he went to training. Yeah. Pretty dedicated, hey? And she went back to the village. The village was close by to Sunnybank Hotel. It was at the Griffith University, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, is that why they were at Just there? why okay. they were at Sunnybank Hotel. Yeah. And then just hear her say she had to carry the flag the next day in the closing ceremony. Yeah. yeah. And she was hungover. And she was really seedy and stuff. What a night. And she said, that's right, when Grant left the pub, didn't Lisa turn to a friend and say, I'm going to marry him? I'm, yeah, I'm going to marry that guy. And then they wow. actually did. But do you reckon that Grant went to training that morning? Yeah. Because he couldn't have trained well. No way. He hadn't slept or whatever. But do you reckon he did it to sort of show Lisa that he was, or do you reckon that he was that committed of an athlete, like to impress her? Or do you think that he went to training simply because... He's an athlete and he doesn't miss training. Yeah, I reckon he was committed. I reckon he was a full-on proper athlete and went to training because he didn't want to miss it. But why, I reckon. Was, why was he at the swimming pub? Uh, I don't know. He was just down visiting the games, it sounded like, and he went to the swimming that night. Yeah. So night. he was just on the, you know, essentially on the prowl for, you know, yeah. all the athletes going to be at the Sunnybank Hotel, the Sunnybank actually, pub. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna, put it like yeah, that. I'm going to train them. <laughs> Let's go have a look. There's going to yeah. be some hotties there. But that's what I'm saying. He met Lisa yeah, on that night. So yeah. he meets the girl of his dreams. I mean, he must have felt the same way. They got married as a result. Mm. 
He met her. He's got her. She said she was drunk. The sparks are flying. And he's gone, it's five o'clock in the morning. You think about... And he goes... All right, Lisa, I've got to leave you now. I've got to drive to the Sunshine Coast to go train. <laughs> and this is this is pre-mobile phone, so was he, how's he reconnected with her? Oh, yeah, that says that. In the, I can't remember what it says. It was a little while later. I mean, he's he's got to get home numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's know. like, I'll ring I your parents. <laughs> what do you then? do? Yeah. So many logistics to go through. Right. It was tough back then. They had nowhere to I go. Mean, I don't know. You guys tell they me. That was really tough. They had nowhere to go anyway because um, she was in the village. And, like, exactly. He can't, yeah. he can't go in the village, so he has to go home, really. Yeah, they could. If they had hooked up, you mean they, Susan? They couldn't say that their first, first pass was in the Dunnies at the Sunnybank Cup. <laughs> the nineteen ninety Commonwealth Games, mm-hmm. Suze, you would have been what 16? 16, yes. sixteen years of age. Sixteen, and uh, and I've heard plenty of times off air you talk about uh, because at that Commonwealth Games, that was must have been Lisa's Commonwealth Games swan song, was it? Uh, first of her comebacks. Of yeah, yes. and uh, and and Lisa was a superstar. I think she was twenty seven. Superstar. Yeah. And uh, and it all culminated in, a, in the 100 butterfly, wasn't it? Yes. And uh, and Lisa won that race. And all these years later in Australian <laughs> story, Lisa joins us now to talk about her book, uh, 60 Years of Life, Love and Loss. It was interesting to hear your perspective of that the other night on Australian story, Lisa, because I've heard it so many times from Susie. I know it was an important race for her, and it seems like it was <laughs> an important race for you too. Yeah. Obviously, it still hurts, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a memorable one, wasn't it, Susie? Oh, it was my first big event, Lisa, and yeah. I'd, I'd watched you, obviously, um, when I was in grade four, when you were a star at the 82 Commonwealth Games. So then, eight years later, to be racing against you, you know, at the Commonwealth Games, which I thought was massive and on TV, was um, a really amazing moment, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about hurt, but it's. I was like, oh, I wish I could go back and change a few things. You know, I wish I was, <laughs> I wish I was a bit older, but um, it was certainly fun um, racing you, and I think you really pushed me at the beginning of my career, definitely. Yeah, it was funny because I actually talk about that race in the book because it was a, actually it was a really horrible finish for me, and I think it was for you too. We both finished on a poor stroke, but mm. I talk about it because it's so funny because you were so young, and I knew that I had to psychologically psychologically kind of play with you a little bit. I thought being young and inexperienced, you'll go out really fast, which you usually did. Mm. And then I thought about 75 metres, she'll die because she's gone out too fast. <laughs> and, and because and because you're young, you didn't die at all. Yeah, <laughs> right. Boundless energy. Yeah. So, yeah. so what yeah, ended so up happening? It was, you... I did die a little bit. Right. And, uh, Lisa yeah. passed me. And... So it was, it was a great race, but, you know, obviously you went on to do much bigger and better things than I ever did. But, you know, swimming was, it's really um, been a big part of the book because the publishers really pushed me to remember fine detail on a lot of things. And and I think I was, you know, I was a good swimmer in the 70s. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can't even believe that I was a 60s baby. Like, that's flower power marijuana state. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Lisa, is it is it true? We just spoke to Jess Fox and she's out there, you know, with... Um what they're doing out, out at Redlands and the identification process that's going on to sort of hopefully find some future Olympic champions. But at the age of uh, of 10, a, a, a pretty famous coach who coached Dawn Fraser, uh, the legend is he just spotted you at the pool and said, hey, I, I can see something in you. And he was the one who turned you into the, the, the swimming champion that we know. Yeah, that's right. It was just by chance because, I mean, I was a fabulous dancer at the time. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I've seen you on the dance floor. You're pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, my son took after me, my daughter. Yeah. Um, but 
it was too hot to go to jazz ballet, so we went down to the local <laughs> pool. And Harry saw me swim and asked me to join his squad. So I turned up the next day, and and um, his assistant coach said, "Just dive in and do a thousand. And I had no idea what he was talking about, a thousand laps, thousand strokes. So I just dived in and kept going until he told me to stop. And so that was kind of what I did. I just did everything my coaches told me to. And um, then he came over and told mum and dad I better get my teeth straightened because I was going to be one of Australia's fastest ever freestylers. So I had braces four, uh, three times. <laughs> and um, he looked up to Shane Gould. And uh, yeah, the rest was just wanted to be at the Olympics, which I was. Yeah, It, it looks like you got a... Uh amazing relationship but you're in an rela- amazing relationship at the moment just off the back of the Australian story at least uh, anyway that's the perception that sort of I got from that but when you release a book I guess people sort of delve into the craziest little bits of uh, little bits and pieces of your life and the one that we've been talking about this morning is that why I, I understand why you were at the Sunnybank pub uh, during the Olympics as it was near the, uh, sorry, during the Commonwealth Games as it was near the village etc etc but I don't understand why Grant Kenny was there he was there to meet Lisa you know what I'm saying like was he just was there a bunch of like Iron Man just there on the prowl, or what? What was going no, on there? I'm, actually, it's funny you say that because I don't know why he was there either. Cause he doesn't <laughs> drink. He's there to pick yeah, up. He wasn't even drinking. No, and he's not even that social. So he was there that that night visiting the Queen. So he might have thought, "Oh, he, I don't know. I'm going to ask him tonight." That's weird. <laughs> but, but Lisa, um, we, but, we, do you reckon he went to go to training because he was trying to impress you, or he was trying to be like a great athlete? In other words. Do you know at five a.m. At five a.m. Yeah. Did he really leave to go training? Yeah, I was holding up the door, and um, he just said, "I've got to go. I've got to go training." So he went back straight to training. But he was Grant Kenny. He was, you know, Iron Man. He was winning everything, and he was so dedicated to his to his training. It was just what he did. So, and then we coincidentally met up again later on a couple of times. So yeah, it was kind of meant to be. I said to him last night, I was over there, and I said, um, "I don't know, if I want to, but do you want to read my book?" And um, he said, sure, I do. I went, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I kind of didn't think he would want to, but he wants to, which is lovely. Yeah, That's nice. great. You've still got a, a good relationship. Was it really cathartic writing the book? I mean, it must have been really difficult. And I saw an Australian story that you had to read it. You've got to read it out loud for an audible. Like I was, oh, really? I was reading some wow. of the ex- excerpts of it. How do you read that out loud? It's so Some oh, parts are so hard, Lisa. So different reading it out loud. But you get all the enthusiasm, the excitement, the laughs with the funny stories and then obviously all the horrible bits, you know, where it's... uh, To be honest, I was only going from comma to comma at the end of it. I couldn't even say a full sentence. So if anyone's listening to it, please don't be driving in a car because it's quite heartbreaking. But it was was a really good experience but very, very hard and it came obviously at a point in my life when I I wasn't even ready to write a book but the publishers, they, they did. They pushed me, they encouraged me, supported me to to do this and there were days when I, I couldn't do it um, at all and they had to run around and, you know, help me. But anyway, it's done and at least um, now when I have a menopausal brain and can't remember anything, it's all in black and white. So. <laughs> I think you'll help a lot of people. Um, Undoubtedly, about, um, Jamie Lee's eating disorder. I mean, I've seen it as well in, in people and it's... A, mm. it's um, it just grabs hold of people, doesn't it? Well, I think it gives, it. Yeah. it gives an opportunity to sort of remove the stigma and surely the feedback that you're receiving, Lisa, it's got to be, um, it's, it's got to be heartwarming for you. There's been um, people that have contacted me, you know, through Messenger that have told me that they have sat down and talked to their child that has issues about Jamie and what happened and it's actually turned them around to recovery 
And, you know, to hear stories about that is, you know, I I want Jamie's life to have mattered. You know, if we can save someone else's life, we, I know we couldn't save Jamie's, but if we can... Sorry, if we can save someone else's, then that's been worthwhile. Yeah. And, yeah. and add some real meaning to it. Listen, we salute you, Lisa, because it's obviously mm. something that's really difficult to talk about, but it's also equally just as important so that people that are listening can raise a conversation with their children and start talking about how you're feeling, what you're feeling, and, and what, yeah. you're, what you're doing to deal with it as well. So thank you for having yeah. the courage to do that because undoubtedly you are helping people. And, uh, and the yeah. book is out now. It's called A Memoir, 60 Years of Life, Love and Loss, The Extraordinary Life mm. of Lisa Curry. I'm so glad you did that yeah. audio book as well. Um, a lot of people lately, a lot of athletes, people that have written books who didn't do the audio version have sort of regretted it later. Right? Yeah. And we're all getting more lazy, so we're all listening to audio books more than probably are hard copy books as well. So I think that I can't wait to have a listen to you telling your story personally. I think that would be an incredible experience as well. Yeah. So well done. I'll get the 100-meter butterfly excerpt and draw it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast.